Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of The Woodhounds. My name is Joe, and sitting across from me here at Woodhound Studio is my good friend, Dan. Dan, tell everyone hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting, fun-filled edition of the podcast here, the number one rated podcast, Firewood podcast in the world. That is true. We appreciate all of you who have been tuning in and following along. And for those of you who may not know, wherever you're watching or wherever you're listening to this podcast, there should be an option to follow the Woodhounds podcast. So, you know, it, it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't do any. It, you don't get any spam emails or anything. Just click that follow button and then you'll know every time a new episode comes out. And you can tune in. And it doesn't matter what um, platform you're listening to us on. You know, it could no. be on Google or Apple or Spotify or Pandora. If you look, where is it, Dan? Like a little bit beneath the title, there's a little button that says follow. Right. It, and I think it kind of varies depending on the platform that you are on. But, you know, it, it's just a good way to uh, make sure you catch each and every episode uh, of the Woodhounds. Yeah, it doesn't spam you or give your email address to <laughs> some no. nefarious club somewhere <laughs> in some foreign country. All it does is it moves our uh, podcast to the top of your list. Right. And you will and then never miss out. And I think that's a good thing. Dan, the Woodhounds podcast is on every major a podcast platform out there. Uh, but when you look at our numbers uh, on our dashboard, what do you see with, you know, where are we being heard from the most? Uh, as far as location or platform? No, the platform. Oh. Is it, you know, is it uh, Google? Is it it's, Spotify? It's... Or... Spotify is up there. Um, the number one place that a lot of people listen is just through a web browser like Google Chrome. So mm -hmm. they're on, off of the, uh, the woodhounds.com website. But then Spotify and Apple are, are number one and are two and three. Yeah. I think this is real exciting. I mean, the podcast and being able to talk about firewood is great. But I also think that, you know, the, being exposed to a new universe of podcasts and i can't help to think that a lot of our listeners have probably never listened to a podcast before so uh you know i just think that we can uh whatever we can do to help people find us and find us easily uh you know we're, we're here to help yes and mm -hmm. don't forget you can also reach out to us and give us any suggestions or comments uh through the woodhounds at gmail.com and we'd love to hear from you so send us an email drop us a line tell us what you think and again follow along wherever you listen yeah yeah and we are a podcast dedicated to firewood the firewood industry and timber and machines saws splitters handheld tools, whatever, anything that involves firewood. Man, and we glitter. Would love, 
<laughs> yeah. And we would love to hear from you. If you have a topic that you would like for us to discuss, send us an email. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll even read it on air for you. That's right. Because we, yeah. the one thing we like to focus on is we want to continue bringing you quality entertainment and quality podcast. So yeah, and and quality firewood, right? Yeah, well, that is a big <laughs> yes, a yeah. big uh, I guess topic or I don't know is it really a category of firewood? Shouldn't all firewood be quality firewood? Well, I think there's probably different degrees of quality, <laughs> at least what I've seen out there. You know, I think there is probably a a flexible definition as to what firewood even is, you know? That's true. I, I, I guess the fundamentals of to make something firewood is that it's probably got to be made out of wood and it has, it has to be able to burn. Well... I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> a variable. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I've told this story on the podcast before. You know, a gentleman I delivered wood to, he said he had just purchased flame retardant firewood. <laughs> he says, yeah, I put it on my fire. It puts the fire out. <laughs> yep. I actually yeah. just had a uh, uh, somebody reach out to me to buy some firewood this past week. And that was their biggest complaint is the stuff that they had gotten before would not burn he you know was not very high quality so he was mm -hmm. real hesitant and he was like how can you you know how do i know that your firewood's you know gonna be decent so yeah i told him stop by and i will give you a bundle for free take it mm -hmm. home if it burns come back and get the rest and when he stopped and over he looked at the stuff i had and he said this stuff looks 10 times better than what i got i'll just buy it all now <laughs> Yeah. The, when I think of quality, I think of a, a number of things, um, you know, and now that's specific to the firewood. I think, you know, delivering it also brings quality too. Cause you know, I've heard stories, you know, the, <laughs> the delivery driver was drunk. You know, the one guy was caught going to the bathroom in the front yard of the customer's house, you know? So that adds, to, <laughs> that adds to the quality. But if I'm thinking specifically of the wood, I don't know. Let's throw some of the things out there, Dan. Maybe the species, the, species. Yep. the length, uh, the consistency of how long the cuts are, uh, how big the splits are, right? Yep. Dirt and mud and mushrooms. Yep. And Overall visual appearance. Yeah. Garbage. And, you know, and, and I've had customers show me, you know, where uh, the one guy had it dumped in his driveway. There was still a stain on his driveway from where the <laughs> where the wood was dumped. And it was just mud and mulch and just shards of wood that, you know, were some were short. There was even like the little, you know, the little wedge that you cut out of a tree when it's fell. Oh, <laughs> you know, there was those things in there and the little branches and all and um you know when i looked at that i said well that's not that's not quality right <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot i think there's a lot of variables way more than people think about when you think of quality firewood you know mm -hmm. like what yeah. you were just describing i mean there's so many different levels of the species the length the cut the size the color the you know it's just 
yeah. a lot to it. I don't think the wood needs to be, you know, precision cut. Now I have a machine, you know, that cuts it exactly 16 inches and it looks great when it's stacked up. But a lot of firewoods made with uh with a chainsaw and they may not take the time to measure, you know, their cuts. And some are long, some are short, but they're, you know, they're they average somewhere between 12 and 20 inches. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, there's one thing, though, I think we need to um, probably specify first here. I think quality is more important when you are selling. Like, when you're just burning your own firewood, you know, like for me, I don't Mm -hmm. really care what the piece looks like. It's going to burn. But Mm -hmm. I think when you're selling firewood, if you deliver a cord of firewood to someone, and then the next time you go back, if your pieces are shorter, if you're different, you know, I think you have to maintain your quality yeah consistency yeah yeah well consistency is quality you know i think about like i went through this phase where i used to stop at mcdonald's and get their iced coffee because <laughs> i thought it was i thought it was delicious but it was every time i would stop or if i stopped at different mcdonald's it was it was a mystery you know i didn't know <laughs> <laughs> they they were they're always mixed differently. There was no consistency, and it affected my enjoyment of my coffee in the morning. Yes, yeah, and I can see that with firewood too. And you know, I think that's where measurements. You know, is it an actual cord or a half a cord? Is it is it did the customer get what they actually paid for? You know, I think that's quality too. You know, but you know the when I think though, what I think what makes wood low quality and it, it immediately turns me off is is just mud and garbage that's like in the middle of the of the wood right you know? or what the, do you th- yeah the 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 outside layer being punky that yeah rotten mm-hmm. yeah that to me where do you is... think all this where do you think the mud and stuff how does that get into people's firewood um People splitting into a pile and then scooping it up with a bobcat or a loader and dumping uh-huh. it. Yeah. I think that's where the biggest uh contribute, yeah. you know. The wood or mm-hmm. the, the, the the dirt and the just you know, because you wouldn't think about it, if you load a piece of wood onto your splitter and you split it, it should be probably fairly clean. Cause nobody likes to cut uh with their chainsaw through a dirty log. <laughs> yeah so after it's split i think it gets tossed in a pile on the ground it gets scooped up and when you're scooping it up you scoop up that dirt and that debris yeah and then when that wood sits in that pile for such a long time you know it doesn't dry out and the stuff at the bottom kind of sinks into the ground and it gets moist and it doesn't dry and it's stuck to it you know, and then when it gets yep. dumped, like it, it, when it gets dumped into the back of a trailer or a dump truck, it falls off and and it's just a big jumbled firewood salad. <laughs> 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 I had noticed certain times of the year brings different type of quality firewood, like firewood that is made in the spring, you know, because you're out in the woods and it's muddy and the wood, the tree falls down and it's plops in the mud and then it gets cut and rolled off to the side you know it just picks up a lot of mud yep and then it dries off it really never escapes the bark of the tree and it's just always there 
or it gets dragged. My my dad would always drag logs home through the field, and mm-hmm. one one side was always just full of dirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think too when something is left in a big pile, that's where the mushrooms start to grow. And uh, I just when I see mushrooms on wood, it's just ugh. yeah, I don't like to see it. Unless that okay. is what, unless that's what you're going for. Unless, yeah, <laughs> really. I think I still find mushrooms on my wood, even though it's stacked. But you know, it's few and far between. But right. I have seen deliveries where it's just garbage wood. You know, where it looked like it got pulled out of a ditch somewhere. And you know, certain types of wood seem to grow mushrooms uh, easier. Like I think cherry, just because the way the bark is, I think it holds moisture more. And oh, you know. It's, well, oak, yeah. Oak, I think, I don't know if it's just how acidic the wood is or because it, a lot of people leave it sit around for so long to get it to dry out. But oak is bad, I think, for, for, for mushrooms. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I always find it on the, if I stack my wood where I have a face, like facing north, so it doesn't get a lot of sunlight, that's, mm-hmm. where, I, that's where I find the mushrooms grow. Mm-hmm. I hate looking at mushrooms. I think... When you have a stack of firewood, you know, it, it just, it's just beautiful to look at. Yeah. But when you have a mushroom that's there, it's just, oh, it's just ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the looking at the stack, the other thing that I find is what you mentioned earlier is consistency of your cut length. Like if you mm-hmm. look at a stack of firewood that's all the same length, it looks way better than if you have pieces sticking out and indents sticking in and you know just a jagged sure. jenga pile of sticks yeah i uh bought some firewood this year i saw an ad and i thought what can i lose you know he didn't want a lot of money for it he said it was a little bit less than a cord <laughs> and i thought well, what the heck you know i'll buy it he came and dumped it when I got it all stacked, you know, it was a little bit less than a half a cord. It wasn't, so it wasn't nowhere Ooh. close. But the wood, it was tree service, you know, so I'm serious. There were little short pieces, real long pieces, big round ones, some that were split, and it what you couldn't even stack it oh, because, yeah. you know, it would just fall over because the wood was just all just oddball lengths and stuff. And, you know, even, you know, the lengths that it's cut would affect your quantity right. when you're stacking it. Uh, but on top of everything else, you know, the wood was just like, the wood was just like black or dark brown. Like it was just coated, you know, in, in just garbage where it was left in this big pile all these years, you know, <laughs> it just, and it had an unpleasant smell to it and it just, it smelled like earth. And I just look at it and I just thought, this is just the ugliest firewood I've seen in a long time. <laughs> and I bought it. And you bought it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it, so that's, you know, that's when I think of low quality, I think that's that stuff. Yeah. Know? And we, we should quick all- mention that we're not trying to put ourselves over as we know everything about if however you run your firewood business, that's your, we're just giving our opinions on how we yeah. view quality. So, you know, mm-hmm. cause here's one well, thing. I've never, I've oh. never been accused of that though. Um, and I think I'm very clear about that. It was when, you know, I, I, the way I sell firewood is the way I sell firewood. It works for me. Yep. And, uh, you know, whatever you do is good enough for me too. So here's, here's a question. And one thing that gets back to the appearance, 
do you sell unsplit firewood? Meaning, if you have a piece six inches, like a limbwood piece, do you split it or do you keep it round? Yeah, I can look anyone in the eye and say, I have never, ever delivered an unsplit piece of firewood. Yep. Never. It's just, so I think there's nothing wrong, you know, with like limbwood and the smaller stuff, but yeah, you know, just the way that I deliver firewood and the kind of firewood that I deliver, you know, it, it's, it's quality, it's premium. And, uh, you know, I think it looks great when it's split. Uh, you know, like a little skinny branch in a firewood order, it looks kind of hokey to me. That's uh, my my motto as well is big or small, I split them all. <laughs> because yeah. to me, if I see smaller round pieces, it just like you said, it looks un it looks like it's unprocessed. It's not split. It's it's not. Uh -huh. It doesn't belong there. And that's yeah. just me, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if it was that small to where I thought, oh, it doesn't need split, then I wouldn't. It wouldn't go in the order anyways. It would go into yeah. my own woodshed. Yeah. How about um, infestation? Because you know, I see you know, I, I'll see logs that have just got ant holes in them where the ants are still there or they have long left, but you know, their damage is left behind. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then if you do stack that, it you know, that's where the water can get into it and it becomes punky. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know about making that, uh, making that a part of a delivery. Yeah. I, that's, those are the pieces that I always toss into my personal burning pile. But the one thing that I found is generally if I run into ants, I leave like those pieces kind of spread out and the ants either disappear and go somewhere. Or I don't know if birds come and eat them. <laughs> but once I stack that wood, like I've never found ants in my stacks of firewood. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you where the ants went. They went into your house. <laughs> and they're, they're currently eating your rafters. <laughs> well, luckily my wood yard's far from the house. So. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, I hate ants. I, had, I went to war with them last year. I kept getting logs. That I would bust one open with the splitter. And it was like Raiders of the Lost Ark, man. <laughs> Just these just bugs come pouring out of it, you know, and I'm serious. I'm very sensitive. I don't want ants. I don't want an infestation. I, we shut everything down and that log goes out. I have a pile way, way back in the woods just to get it far away from everything. Uh, or if it's winter time, it goes right into our furnace. Yeah. 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 Answer, answer trouble. And I, um, yeah, I just think about, you know, when you're delivering wood, I guess if you dump it on someone's driveway and leave, you know, no one would ever know <laughs> until the customers tax it up. Yeah. But, you know, when, you know, when we're unloading it, you know, we're almost touching every log again and, oh, it would be, you know, but we don't, we see if it has ants while it's going on the truck. So we don't right. ever see them at the customer's place. Yeah, I think, I think dropping off a load of firewood and leaving behind a pile of ants would definitely hurt your quality standings with mm -hmm. the customer. That would be a big one. <laughs> yeah. It seems like maybe, uh, and that's probably why I've just always stacked wood and we take that extra time and I pay like high school kids, you know, money to stack it for me. It seems like all of, not all, but a lot of the things that I identify as low quality and firewood 
uh, as a result of it being left in a gigantic pile. Yeah. I've had the same experience. I think if the wood doesn't sit there a long time, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. But you know, when you're selling seasoned firewood, you're not going to, you know, if it's going to, you know, you're going to leave it sitting in a big cone, a pile (laughs) for six months, you know, to a year. uh, I don't think. Yeah. And, Uh, and I don't know if there's also a, a factor that comes into play if it's different species of wood will do okay in piles and not stacked. Cause I know for instance, like ash is pretty low moisture to begin with. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's not a, it doesn't need a lot of, uh, I just, you know, like the airflow, like I just don't yeah. know how the, the stat, the big I piles get airflow. You're probably on to something. I think some wood like ash, for example, I think keeps for a long time. Yeah. You know, for a couple of years, even Oak, I've yep. noticed like maple uh, doesn't like to, I think maple needs to be burned in its first year. If it sits around too long, it starts to turn punky. Yeah. Uh-huh. That- cherry, cherry gets kind of light sycamore. Um, elm kind of not as bad, but it does a little bit. Yeah. I, I did an experiment where I did a, just a pile, a loose pile. Um, but I made the mistake of using, poplar and basswood (laughs) which basswood is like a sponge so it just will soak up moisture you know and just hold it i mean it's Mm -hmm. so after a year the inside of that pile was i mean i would put a piece of wood on a fire and it would just sizzle and foam with the moisture coming out of it it was not Mm -hmm. good and i would think maybe you know you mentioned water coming out so you know it can pick up you know environmental water i guess rain but like the seasoning process too, um, I would think that that would only affect, you could say that it would be low quality if the supplier alleges <laughs> or <laughs> advertises that it is seasoned firewood and it is not. Yes. You know? There's nothing wrong with buying green firewood as long as the seller says, yes, it's green. You know, I think seasoned firewood should cost more, but it should also be seasoned. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> There's a novel idea for you, huh? So he, so here's an interesting question uh, for you. Do you think if you were to sell green wood, like drop, you know, the, the tree falls, you cut it up, buck it up, split it, put it in your truck, deliver it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that has a less, um, I guess, less opportunity to develop the things we were talking about as far as quality? So... And what I'm trying to say is, is delivering green wood actually easier to get your quality looking better? Uh, Well, I guess, you know, in some ways, I guess, I think you could probably rule out, unless the tree was garbage, you know, when it was cut down. Right. But let's assume that it was a healthy tree. Okay. So you could rule out mushrooms. Uh, You could enter, you could still introduce a lot of mud depending on the conditions it was cut down. And the the style of production that you're talking about, I call it a split and sell. So if you're splitting it directly into your truck, um, you know, unless you're hand, you know, throwing the logs in by hand, you know, all of the garbage off that splitter is going into the order. So, yep. <laughs> you know, if it was a dump truck or a dump trailer or something, you know, so in theory, all of that chafe, what do you want to call that stuff? Splash. Splitter scrap. Yeah. That could get into the order too. 
and, you know, and dumped onto the customer's driveway. Yeah. Um, so never mind. Yeah. <laughs> that thought was, <laughs> I just had a thought of like, <laughs> you know, I, I was just thinking you know, like all of these things like mushrooms and, and punkiness and mold mm-hmm. and color, like they all come from the process of seasoning your wood, which you yeah. want to do, but if you just slashed it and or cut and split mm-hmm. and sold, maybe you wouldn't have quality issues. Yeah, but- well, and that's where, you know, I'm sensitive to that because that's my customer base. But, you know, there's others. Uh, for, well, if I were the customer, I would probably care less because, you know, I heat with wood. It's an outdoor wood furnace, and I literally wouldn't care. You know, I'm just only concerned about the price. And once it's, I would just expect the big truck to come, dump it on the ground, and leave. <laughs> you know, and if it's got garbage in it and stuff, well, I'd throw that in the furnace too. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh huh. But uh, you know, the the firewood that we deliver, um, you know, is is premium stuff. It's all consistent, sixteen inches long. The splits are smaller. Uh, it's one of the big four that I call oak, ash, cherry, maple. And, uh, you know, it's seasoned. Right. So, so but that is, re- that's reflected in the price, but, um, anything less than that, I would regard my service as not meeting our, our objective. Yeah. Yeah. So who, but so for who a lot you, of people, who do you think plays a bigger role in setting the quality standards on firewood, the seller or the buyer? Well, in my area, it's the seller because, you know, there's, you know, my metropolitan area isn't like the big city. You know, we got our biggest city is Youngstown and Warren and then a, a, a whole bunch of suburbs. And it is still the people that sell firewood are usually the, you know, just side hustle, you know, people that sell for beer money. And it just goes off of what their definition of firewood is. And yeah. from what I've seen, it is just usually split and sell. And, <laughs> I would even put <laughs> I did I did air quotes with split, you know, because um you'd see just bizarre shapes, just stuff that's just way too big it wouldn't even fit in a firebox. You know, and then just all these odds and ends. Just yeah. just junk. Yeah. I think, you know, if you had a fire you know, fire pit outside, it would be fine, but you know, if it was going into a you know, a new EPA stove, ugh. No, no trouble. Uh-uh. Yeah. 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 I think it's, I think it's always um, something that if you are, you know, selling or you're thinking about selling firewood, it's getting to know your customer. Because like you mentioned, there's people out there who wouldn't care what the wood looked like, the size, the right. split, but there's also customers out there who that would be their number one thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I see it with Facebook and Craigslist because I'm always on there looking I like to see what everyone else is doing. And it is just, you know, a, a guy with a pooling and a pickup sometimes. And it's just wood that maybe they had a tree fall over and it's just a fun project for them. And they just, you know, split it and sell it. They want to make a quick 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, more power to them. But I also see people that are delivering wood and it's just, you know, it's just garbage. Uh, and you just wonder why they would even put that amount of effort into what they delivered. <laughs> you know, the one guy showed me, you know, the order and, you know, it had beer cans in it 
you know, it was just mud and mulch and just garbage Ugh. wood. Uh, yeah. And unfortunately, that ends up setting the standard that people can either come to expect or completely be turned off from firewood because of, you know, somebody might say, well, I don't want to deal with that, you know, garbage firewood anymore. I'm just going to, you know, it's, it's what causes people to, I think, continue looking around for the next guy and is the next guy going to be better or, you know, <laughs> you, the yeah. next guy then has to prove himself because of the last guy. That is, I have the story on my company website on how I got started in firewood. Well, got started selling firewood and it was a friend of mine. He has this big house, this big, beautiful, great room with a big fireplace on the far end, you know, and the brick goes all the way up to the vaulted ceiling and they never use it. And <laughs> the last experience, and it was because they bought firewood and the guy came, uh, his wife was home alone and the guy, you know, she was scared of this guy and, um, he leaked oil all over his driveway. Oh, you know, he smelled <laughs> like beer. And, you know, she told him, you know, we're, you know, we're never, no more firewood orders. And I, um, I told him, you know, I'd bring him some of my stuff. And, you know, when I brought it over, he was saying, you should do this. This is the kind of stuff that I would buy, you know, and then you're trustworthy and presentable. So that's where <laughs> the idea of Ohio Woodburner started of, you know, I have noticed, you know, there is a market out there that's not being met and it's people that don't buy firewood and it's because. Yeah, they don't trust they don't trust the the industry yeah you know and we don't have a very mm, professional and widespread industry you know it's largely just you know individuals that just do it you know as a side hustle and the standards are their own right you know um, and that's what I had always said, you know, the difference between a hobby and a business is that the hobby, uh, makes sense to you. Uh, the business makes sense to the customer. So, you know, the hobbyist that's making firewood and selling it for beer money, it's just the way they want to make their firewood. It's how they're going to do it. And, uh, if you want to buy it, fine. If not, I'll find someone else who will want to buy it. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. I think that's where you get these interesting interpretations of what firewood is and what quality is right the mm -hmm. the guy making it he sets his standards and those are the standards he doesn't care he'll you know he'll he'll sell it no like you said he'll sell it to the next guy if this person doesn't like it but right yeah and from my own you know so i had it in my head what i wanted to accomplish in a firewood delivery service but I wasn't rigid in my belief. I changed and kept adjusting and pivoting and, you know, tailoring it to, you know, what made sense for the customer and how I could do it efficiently. And, you know, I still <laughs> get people, you know, like you're Joe, you're pretty inefficient. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the little things that we're doing, you know, to make sure we bring quality firewood, you know, like the biggest criticism I get is that we hand load our trucks. So our delivery shows up to the customer's house with, you know, my truck has an eight foot bed. If they got a half a cord, there's five neatly stacked rows of wood in the back of my truck. And it would have been a lot easier just to dump it in with a front end loader, you know? Uh, but what didn't happen was 
you know, six inches of my yard got dumped into that firewood <laughs> order too, <laughs> along with all the ants and along with all of your beer cans that you left there when you came over to visit me last night, you know, yep. and, um, and, you know, we can attest to the quantity is accurate because we yes. can take the measurement right on, right on the truck. I so, find too that loading or handling it after it's season, I find is a good opportunity to get rid of all the bark that falls off because, you know, the pieces will shed their bark as they dry. And right. like when I make bundles, I take pieces and if there's the bark is loose, I take it off and throw, you know, again, mm -hmm. the appearance. Do you want to just dump in a bunch of wood and have bark and mulch and dirt? Or do you want to make it look nice? Yeah. And that's what, you know, when we're talking quality, we're talking about the physical property of a stick of firewood, but my argument is, you know, the quality is the entire customer experience. So you could have the greatest looking firewood in the world, but if you show up drunk, you know, in a tank top, um, <laughs> you know, it might scare away uh, a potential customer because they don't know who you are. And you could be, you know, the nicest person in the world, but people judge you, you know, by appearance. That's why a lot of professional retailers you know they all wear uniforms and you know they have personal grooming standards and all of these things are in place to give off uh, a level of professionalism that instills trust in the customer and that's what you know that's what we do here at ohio woodburner too you know we are, we're uniformed we're presentable our trucks are nice and uh we're courteous and you know we deliver excellent firewood too would, would you to me that's all quality would, would you allow for a sleeveless cutoff t-shirt instead of a tank top? No. Because uh -uh. <laughs> I, I, I can rock the sleeveless cutoff shirt. Pretty yeah. Good. We, we, even if you tore the sleeves off one of my t-shirts, we'd have to talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I take people on with, uh, I, I'm serious. I call it, you know, it's called being on brand. So even when yes. my daughters go and help me deliver, they wear, they wear their Ohio Woodburner t-shirt. You know. Yep. Um, and I, I picked that up too. So for my professional career, um, you know, I worked for an auto parts a national. I was a regional manager for a national auto parts chain, and they're huge, huge into uniform. It was almost like you hear about Disneyland. You know, like um, when you were when you were on when you're in the park, you were in character. You were on brand. You know, yep. you can't break that. And that's the way the auto parts. Uh, company was you know they just had it was all the way down the, you had to have black socks on you had to have a black belt on they were very strict about you wow. and then so uh, and then i was i can't remember where i read this it was a family that started a, a lawn mowing company so it was a husband and wife and then their children and you know they were all old enough to help but they said when they had first started they would just go out and mow grass but when they went and bought just simple t-shirts company t-shirts it totally changed the way that they were perceived and they were getting you know so much more business because yep. of that perception and that's where i do think you know like the delivery and your image and you know your delivery model all of that uh totally it, you know, it could be lumped into, you know, the quality of, of your firewood. Yeah. Those little mm -hmm. details are, make a huge difference. Oh yeah. And then, and then the last, the last bit of the customer experience, you know, you have the delivery, 
But then ultimately the burning and, you know, how your wood burns is the end yeah. of the process. So flame retardant firewood. <laughs> I have never had any of that, but I'll have to see if I can maybe <laughs> find some and set it aside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have delivered, you know, I've delivered wood. It's been stacked for a year, but it also came at the end of a torrential rain week, you know, and then the freezing came. So it's all frozen and, you know, it's picked up water. And as soon as it comes in the house or if it gets thrown onto a fire, there's going to be water pouring out of it. Uh, I have told customers, you know, that they should expect, you know, until the temperature raises some, then this log can thaw out. You know, to expect something, <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's the important thing is that you know your wood's got to burn, man. Yep, mm-hmm. got to burn. Ready to burn means it's ready to. Yes. Burn. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think the the definition of seasoned that's important when we talk about quality, and it's not a gut feeling, it's not a hunch, it's it's scientific, it's you know, 20% or moisture less. content. Yep. Yeah. And yep. I am always dubious of split and sell and there's nothing wrong with it. Okay. Especially if you can educate the customer that they should be buying this wood a few months out before burning season. Yep. Because if you split and sell in November, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not seasoned firewood. And okay, so it's none of your business, I guess, what the customer does with it, but some people just don't know. And it's not just a practical matter is you can't get the wood to burn. You know, if it's a chimney, it it can gum up the chimney and it increases the risk of flu fire. Yeah. It, you know, it's a big deal. Yeah, I think that I think that's the one uh area where people might be hesitant to explain to a customer that this would is not ready to burn right now because you know then it makes it sound like it's an inferior product it's like well this isn't you know i want firewood but you're telling me yeah. this stuff might not burn like what are you doing mm-hmm. but- it's interesting you know if you are not a hobbyist or if you're not in the firewood or you just have a moderate level of knowledge about firewood i really do believe to the common homeowner that they don't even think that the wood's full of water and it's not going to burn you know, yeah. you kind of, you forget about it, that the tree was alive and it had roots in the ground and it was bringing water all the way out to the tippity tips of its leaves, you know, <laughs> and because of that, it's not going to burn. Yep. And I, I don't know. I think that's where, you know, when we talk about quality, I think there's an, an educative responsibility, you know, to, to educate your customer too. Yeah. It's, um, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be buying wood off of you in February, right? <laughs> to get them through the winter, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, and that's where what you know my larger customer base is. You know, campfires, people who want to burn it that day. So I really have to pay attention to my seasoning process, and you know, yeah. if, if somebody wants, if somebody buys wood for me, chances are they're burning it that night. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's when they're going to burn it. So the whole letting this season for a month or two doesn't fly for my customers. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. It's like they, if you go to the grocery store to buy a dozen eggs, 
they don't give you a chicken and say, wait four weeks and you'll have your eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Assuming it's a hen. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else that you can think of uh, that we've failed to bring up about I, quality I don't know. of firewood? Just, I mean, you know, generally, and again, we're not sitting here trying to make, you know, make it sound like what you're doing, whatever you do is what you do. We just, you know, I think it's an interesting topic when it comes to firewood because of all the things we just talked about. People not knowing different aspects of what, you know, a piece of firewood to you might look different than a piece than it looks to a customer. And, you know, all those quality factors that come into Mm -hmm. play. I think we're becoming firewood snobs, Dan. (gasps) Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) I think let's make a podcast. Let's have an episode about firewood snobs. Oh, boy. (laughs) I think that would would be a good topic. It's like no matter what, you know, I mean, you see it everything. No matter what people have an interest in, like golf, you know, or or lawnmowers or or coin collecting (laughs) you know people have some people have a passive interest in it and some people are very passionate about it and some people are just snobby about their knowledge you know oh yes oh yes maybe we could become we might be becoming firewood snobs we might be goodness gracious what has this (laughs) podcast done to us yeah. Well, I will say this. You are the most modest snob that I have ever met. Oh, well, and likewise to you. <laughs> All right. Well, if there is not anything else, Dan, maybe we need to tell everyone, uh, thank you for listening. Yes. And, and um, check in next week for another exciting episode of the Woodhounds. And if you are tuning in for the first time, uh, New episodes come out every Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern. Uh, And as I mentioned at the beginning, if you do find us on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to follow. Uh, If you don't know where to find us, you can go to thewoodhounds.com. And it shows you all the major platforms that we are on. So pick your favorite, go over, follow, and listen. Yeah. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, We really do appreciate it. And we know that you're out there because we see our numbers on the dashboard. And it has just been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a great time. And it's been great uh, putting this all together. And hopefully those of you listening out there are enjoying the podcast. And, you know, again, as we mentioned earlier, let us know. Send us an email, thewoodhounds at gmail.com. All right, Joe, so good seeing you again, and thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, And, Joe, we'll catch you later. Dan, it was great seeing you, and thanks to everyone for tuning in. And everyone, be cool. Be cool.